You are listening to 10 Minutes India, a podcast series by the Australia India Institute which exclusively focuses on India and the India-Australia relationship. Today we have with us Jyoti Shukla. Jyoti Shukla is a lecturer in property at the Faculty of Architecture, Building and Planning at the University of Melbourne. She also works as a senior research advisor at the Australia India Institute. Issues related to housing and land economics are of prime interest to Jyoti and most of her publications are in related fields. This episode will focus on compulsory land acquisition as in when the government takes over privately owned land for a public project. Welcome to 10 minutes India with the Australia India Institute Jyoti. Thank you Dilpreet. My first question to you Jyoti is why is compulsory acquisition required at all? Are there any alternative ways around? Oh, uh, that's a very good question uh, Dilpreet and I wish I could say that compulsory acquisition is not required but the answer is that it is required and definitely required and yes there are alternative ways but probably that don't dispose of compulsory acquisition fully and the reason is mostly uh, like we often justify the use of compulsory acquisition powers by saying that people hold out and they behave strategic when they get to know that a project is going to come up on their piece of land and it's human behavior to be strategic and to negotiate harder but the ultimate holdout problem has to be overcome and therefore compulsory acquisition power is required however it's not necessary that we acquire everyone compulsorily the first step should be obviously negotiation and willful sale or exchange rather than the compulsory acquisition so a component of compulsion is definitely required and the other problem like even if we come overcome the holdout problem by say alternative ways like for example by incentivizing people being making them a part of the development process and like that so the the problem of holdout may still be overcome but then the other problem comes into play which is the market failure in the sense that not all the projects are financially beneficial to make everyone a part of the profit distribution and that is where you actually can't incentivize people and the necessity of acquiring uh, still remains so that is why we do need it alternatives uh, i think i can only broadly categorize two methods of land assembling one with willfulness and second with coercion and the coercion we all already are talking about which is compulsory acquisition i'm interested in knowing is market value of land good enough for compensation well if it was people wouldn't have been arguing so much about more, you know getting more compensation <laughs> but the uh, sad part is that market value is probably the only way to compensate them whereas the nature of losses exceed beyond monetary losses and therefore the negotiation for monetary compensation become even tougher because people are trying to trade off their other losses through monetary compensations Mm-hmm. and this is not to say that the monetary compensation the way it is determined is adequate this is to say that uh, firstly there is more uh, there is scope for uh, improving the way we calculate compensation monetary compensation coming back to market value why is it not adequate enough i think the way market value is uh, estimated at the moment uh, and i'm saying not only in india but in the context of property valuation profession across the globe we do say that it is the 
value of land for its highest and best use. But that highest and best use is within the foreseeable future. We do not anticipate the value gain from unforeseeable uh, you know, development potential, which happen over time. And yes, it is a speculation, yet it is the right of the owner. And if we can do some analysis on the duration modeling of how land uses change over time, and then accordingly we can estimate the market value of land for, for, for its life and not just in the short foreseeable future, then probably it will be a fair compensation only in monetary in the context of monetary losses. Right. So do countries offer more than market value? And what is the justification for that? That's the funny bit. Like, yes, countries do offer more than market value. And uh, referring to the India's latest act, it is offering two to four times the market value. And there is no rational to it. That's very strange. And uh, yeah. anyway, the thing is that uh, countries like Australia and UK also offer something above and on top of monetary value compensation or rather market value compensation, which they call solatium. And that is more on sympathy grounds, I would say, rather than on rationality ground. And that is where the problem lies, that people, while from this, uh, in, in, in the context of the affected landowner, they feel rightful about that claim. But in the context of the acquirer, they feel as if it's a sympathy and it's additional compensation that is being paid. And that is where some of my research comes into play, where it is important to explain using a sound economic theory, why those additional losses are still rational and compensable losses. So we need to understand that. It's not just emotional. It's not just sympathy. There is more to it. India can learn a lot from uh, other countries. And one most important thing that India definitely needs to learn is how to keep such processes bias-free. At the moment, the process, like we know, understand that in India, corruption rate is high. But keeping that aside, the process itself is uh, allowing biasness to creep in, in the sense that uh, if we try to understand that uh, at the ground level, the collector or the district magistrate is the face of the acquirer. He is at the forefront on behalf of the acquiring agency. And people view him as the you know, uh, representative of the acquiring agency, and rightly so, because he's the executive officer in charge of that acquisition process. And it is his responsibility to execute the compulsory acquisition process in a timely and uh, within the budget. So now we also give the collector the final say on how much should be the compensation. Now you are saying that uh, this is the acquirer, this is the face of the acquirer, and he's also determining how much should be the compensation. So his bias towards the project and towards the acquiring agency is obvious. And this is not a neutral judgment from, it, it could not be a neutral judgment from the side of the collector. And right. what can countries like Australia learn from India. Now, compulsory acquisition by its name, by its nature, is compulsory, coercive, and unwelcomed by the people. Now, India is uh, acknowledging that there could be the participation of private agencies for public projects, like in the form of public-private partnerships, 
or even government can acquire land for private developers till the time the purpose of that project is a public purpose but this can happen only when people give their consent to the project in the sense that at least 70 to 80 percent people should agree if it is a public private partnership project then 70 percent people should consent and if it is a private project then 80 percent of those who are going to get affected by the project should give their consent now this element of you know uh, inviting people's consent and being blocked by that actually gives a fair definition to public purpose because if people are ready for it then it, it by by definition it becomes a public purpose which the public is keen on to you know uh, to be executed on their land so this is a very uh, important element of the new act which is probably a very good lesson which other countries can learn from india being being the largest democracy so this is a true democratic process i would say however there are there can be criticism to that in the sense that uh, why it why does it have to be a compulsory acquisition process at all if we are taking consent we can just go by land readjustment in other ways so again to say that land readjustment is an alternative but it doesn't dispose of compulsory acquisition fully so what we are trying to do here is we are trying to bring compulsory acquisition in terms with free market exchange to the extent possible by inviting consent of the majority. Right. Thank you so much, Jyoti. That was uh, quite an interesting conversation. Personally, I didn't know a lot of things, so I can say I learned a little bit. Thank you so much for joining us and take care. You too, Dilpreet. It was really nice talking to you.